Welcome to episode 8 of the Ikibi podcast. In this episode, we have with us Natasha, founder of Anamkara Yoga Retreats. Her intention with these retreats is to bring people back to nature and connect with themselves more. We talk about slowing down, being aware of our body and mind, what the term energy means, how the moon has an effect on us, and understanding what meditation can feel like. We also discuss how it can feel overwhelming to begin a mindful practice and Natasha shares with us some ways to start simply. Thank you, Natasha, for joining us today. Um, We have a very exciting conversation planned and uh, this is one of the first, this is the first conversation in this area. So I'm very excited to get into it. My first question to you is, just to know, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do, uh, a little bit about the retreats and when it all began? Sure. Well, thank you so much, actually. I haven't really quite done anything like this. Um, so it's it's nice to have, like, it sort of brings me back towards, like, when I answer a question, like, what do I do? It gives me perspective on where I'm at as well, you know. So thank you for doing that. Um, you know, it's, it's so the, the retreats that I do, Anamkara and what I've done in the last 12 years, and it's been 12 years now, um, has been a, like an ever-evolving process. Like I didn't really envision it to be anything when I started out. It was just something that I wanted to create to give people a chance to come together mm-hmm. and get out of the city, you know, um, reconnect back with nature. That was really what it was all about. Um, of course, me being a yoga therapist, brought the whole yoga into it but um, I feel like nature and being out in nature was really what Anamkara was started for and I also felt like well 12 years ago now so many people are doing retreats but I felt at that time that um, there just wasn't much of this happening in India you know Mm -hmm. we were not really enjoying the outdoors we kind of had become quite insular and living in cities um so that's kind of how it evolved. Uh, Anamkara evolved and slowly sort of turned into adventure retreats. Mm-hmm. And like anything that I think in life just keeps changing and evolving. Um, you know, I studied more. I um, then became a yoga therapist and all of that. And that's been my teaching journey. But it's always been deeply connected to Anamkara. You know, uh, I, I'm not a teacher who's really gone out there and taught like in studios and taught so much. Uh, you know, in people's homes and things like that. I've taught mostly at my retreats. Mm-hmm. So even as a teacher, my work has become very, um, let's say, driven to make change happen quite soon because yeah. people are coming into a retreat. They have You have five days with them. And because they're already in this environment, for me, that, that, that was easier to sort of share with them. Um, I've always been someone who collaborates. So I like to collaborate with different healing modalities, if it's sound healing or art therapy, dance therapy, um, just to bring a different flavor in, just to make people also understand that healing oneself is not just a process of a physical yoga practice or just doing like emotional release technique like art therapy, you know, that it is this holistic coming together of all of this and that like how, you know, we say that it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to heal yourself too. Like you need your communities to heal yourself. This doesn't happen alone and it doesn't happen with just one person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it kind of, yeah, it kind of evolved into that. And it's, and you know, in the last two years with everything that happened, the retreats have not happened. Yeah. And that took me back to everyday teaching. So I started teaching every day and I started teaching online and, I feel like I've grown so much as a teacher. I've definitely become more patient. Yeah. Um, But yeah, life has changed as well. You know, I do a lot of more, um, like I work with people through the year now and I've been working with people for the last one and a half years since the last first lockdown, Mm -hmm. which is not something I was doing before. It was more like come to a retreat and get this experience. So yeah, it's, 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 it's still ever evolving. So what does a typical retreat look like? Like, how do you identify what kind of activities you're going to have through the program? Sure. Um, 
so in the beginning when i started doing these retreats i i could not it was just these sparks of ideas that i had that i was like oh wow i'd love to take everyone to like the himalayas and do like a full moon yoga on top of a mountain and i'd love them to see like this incredible view and then it was like let's go to the andamans and let's go and scuba dive and do yoga and do the sunrise like beach sessions um and so i'll be honest a lot of them came from me my own desire to like <laughs> travel and do stuff and uh, and and then i just you know maybe initially it really wasn't um it really wasn't planned like it wasn't like something like i said okay now we're going to do you know it was like someone would come up with an idea and they'd be like hey have you tried you know surfing in sri lanka yoga mm. goes really well with that and then i was like sure that that sounds good and then i would jump in and plan the retreat um and then over the years some retreats worked and some didn't you know mm. um and whenever then i started planning more so knowing that okay these mountain retreats work and i like to take a shamanic healer on a mountain retreat because there's so much nature um it's so mystical in the mountains so bring in that healing who's a shamanic healer someone who works with the elements who works with full moon new moon energies mm-hmm. um then if it's a more for example like if it's a more if a smaller retreat say i do something in goa and i know it's going to be attracting more city people who just need that break but they want the luxury of still coming in and staying you know in, in a really you know in a really nice place then then i'll bring in gentler practices like sound healing mm. because i know that they need to de-stress so i just say along the way i learned how to kind of curate them Mm. but initially it was literally like wow let's do this and okay let's do that and it would be so amazing to like um do sound healing like i don't know you know um in a yoga uh, in a jungle yeah. you know like it, that's sort of how it worked now it's a bit more like i think more about it <laughs> and who are these people that come for it like how do they find you and mm. like what is their intention with these retreats i know you said de-stress for city people but like I'm yeah. sure there are different intentions based on the type of retreat. Sure. Yes, always. Um so again because I always keep my numbers really small like um you know a lot of people that like I'm just doing one in Oroville at the end of the month and people ask me about the numbers and I'm like covid or not my numbers have always been small. You know, I've always had 7 to 10 and I prefer working in that. Um so I feel like when it's a retreat like the andaman and it's scuba diving and yoga then it's attracting someone who is already quite nature driven and has like an adventurous you know streak in them but i also truly believe that a lot of it is my own energy that attracts people you mm. know i feel like there is this merging of and it's quite interesting to watch as well um initially i used to get a lot of women who had never traveled alone before you know it was sort of like their first travel ever alone so these are women who've had two children married everything but never traveled alone you know mm. so for some reason they would get attracted to my retreats and then of course like to feel safe that maybe i'm a woman and that kind of made them feel safe i don't know and i got a lot of that um initially i used to also get a lot of men unfortunately now i feel like the men have just like fallen off the planet <laughs> they're just scared but Yeah, I've had a fair amount of men come to my retreats also because I think of the adventure part of it so like the, mm-hmm. the surfing and so I try to bring a yin and yang balance you know some kind of a balance I don't want it to sound too much of a feminine like oh it's only women and we're only going to sit and talk about our emotions you know yeah that there's yeah. other things happening too um what I like recently I've seen a lot of is a lot of younger people coming in so like in their late 20s who actually are starting to get aware of how not to do the things that their the older mm. generation have done and how not to work in this frenzied manner which leaves no time for the self and yeah. um that life is not about just achieving like goals but actually yeah. enjoying so much so much more so i feel like there's all kinds but these are kind of the bracket of people that come and um the last few years like i would say the last retreat i did had a very varied age um yeah there were just people in their 60s and then people in their 20s and that usually doesn't happen mm. so i think covid in a way has kind of brought us together and made us all realize we need to get out <laughs> yeah you know so 
so even the older generation coming which is which is really nice i feel like it's nice to have a mixed um, isn't it isn't that people. challenging though to have like really different age groups of people it can be it can be really challenging in the yoga space because um you know you could have people who are way older and can't do a lot of things and you have listen you know i'll be really honest with you i feel like that's a generalization too you know because mm. i get people like who are older who are probably way more fit than the 20 year old who's come yeah it's it's just a question of like and if that does happen then you have to work around it and you have to either you separate the classes mm. that's when collaboration helps because you have someone to sort of hold space for another yeah um, yeah that's like i know what in one of my retreats i had like three ladies who were like best friends but they're all in their 70s so i couldn't they couldn't practice with all of us you know so i used mm-hmm. to do this like yoga with them in the evening and yeah i work around it and that's why i like to keep my group small so i can kind of play with that you know yeah is it more so yoga driven or like meditation as well and or mm. how would you say it's balanced well see i'll be honest like initially when i first started out i think i was so eager to you know have everyone experience these incredible therapies that were around like art or dance or sound that i used to pack a lot in and mm-hmm. the yoga of course would be like your yoga in the morning and of course meditation and things like that but there would be a lot of other uh, sessions that would happen a uh, life mm-hmm. coaching and things like that now i feel like i'm coming back to things the most simpler and more rooted in yoga mm-hmm. because i realized that a capacity to take in so much is not well it's it's almost like um there's something inside me that's calling me to go back into a more simpler space you know so yeah include the sound healing and yeah include the art and the dance and the life coaching but make it more like a session and bring it back home to more meditation more yoga because what i realize is that just in the space of yoga itself everything exists you know um and it's just very beneficial because people can really leap with very specific tools which mm-hmm. i'm i'm really about like i feel like come to the retreat it's fantastic but you need to leave with like yeah. something you can take away from it because otherwise then it doesn't translate into your everyday life so yeah i feel like i'm coming back i'm coming back to just more simpler yoga meditation yoga nidra things like that so nice I feel like all these questions I've been asking you up until now is more for me and what I when and how <laughs> I want to come for one of the retreats. But okay, so um getting into a li- getting into it a little bit more. Um you did mention that you've spent the last couple of years kind of learning and you know doing a lot more um research and learning generally different practices. How has your um experience been with learning? Do you kind of go through experiences and that's one way of learning or is it a lot about you know there's so much literature that's out there do you do that as yeah. well and for a person listening and if you know if they are kind of exploring these practices is it important for them also to be aware of this literature that's out there or is it is it okay to just kind of go through different experiences i mean i feel like um it's it's such a like open ended question because um i'm going to answer it more from the space of say someone who wants to get deeper into the yoga practice um because when we use the word spirituality and we use the word therapy or just the alternative uh, you know integrated practices that are out there there's so many different right from mind body spirit um but if i come back to yoga and if i come back to just the essence of what yoga is it's the the aspect of so there are different forms of yoga of course there is like bhakti yoga and there's gyan yoga and there's raja yoga and, and uh, gyan yoga is the yoga of knowledge so it is important to um be fed and kind of open yourself up to that um also i feel like today there's so much information out there that it's nice to have a teacher guide you through the process Yeah. So you are not kind of going into the internet and just kind of grabbing on different pieces of information and kind of I don't know, you know, it it's just so much out there. Yeah. Um so 
I would say for sure, like you need a teacher, you need a guide. So for me, even being a teacher myself, being a therapist myself, the importance of getting therapy for myself is a massive learning in itself. Like I can't stop mm. that process because if I don't receive therapy and healing, and if I don't receive um, that, then it's really hard for me to grow and learn as well. Mm. Um, I feel like in my journey, I've also gone through like phases, you know. Um, in the beginning, I was like this hungry ghost, like just wanting to like devour all this information, like, yeah, all the time, like buying all the self-help books. And then it comes to a point where it's like, okay, enough, you know. Yeah, you can keep learning, but now you have to put it into practice. Exactly. And only when you put it into practice do you really start to learn on a deeper level. Otherwise, it just stays as knowledge out there, and you can read all the books in the world. But if you don't really start understanding and how to kind of you know, it becomes part of your life, then it just remains like knowledge out there. Um, so I'm all for learning, but I feel like I learn now mostly from my students. Like I learn mm. from our interactions. I learn from um, just the deeper conversations we have. Um, you know, uh, I learn from the things that they tell me a lot of the times that they're doing. And uh, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's sort of both of us guiding each other. And that's why the process is like, I prefer doing one-on-ones because of that, you know, I prefer this personal getting to know and so many, and after every session that I finish with anybody or a program, I finish with anybody, I'm so changed as a teacher, you know, Mm -hmm. I've learned so much from them and hopefully they've learned from (laughs) me as well. Um, But, but so right now I'm studying the yoga sutras. I feel like, my I'm open enough to go in deep so I'm not this hungry ghost anymore I'm like okay slow and easy and I've been studying this sutras for the last two years mm. so it's like everyday learning and reading and there's no need to chase anything anymore yeah you know, I think initially there was this need to kind of just consume consume and consume and consume but not anymore yeah I think that's one of the hardest things with anything that you're learning like you feel like you need to consume at such a fast pace and know it before I don't know what (laughs) you know like it's almost as if we're really chasing our own tail absolutely and I also feel that the whole approach of yoga and the way yoga is being shared today anyways is a very it's like there's a goal and we have to achieve it and of course you know it's the physical practice is really amazing, but there's so many other aspects of the practice that mm. we as teachers need to sort of share more of and um, also understand that it doesn't just work with, um, you know, and I work with people all the time where I'll be like, okay, you know what, it would be really nice for you to work with a art therapist or mm. you know what, um, it would be really nice for you to connect with uh, someone who does, you know, um, could even be something like regression therapy if there's deep trauma, you know, and you really need to address that trauma. But I I feel like as I grow as a teacher, like I'm like, listen, I want support. You know, I want people who are in the same space to come in and help out. So I'm like, initially it was all about, let me just do it myself. But now it's like, I I completely reach out. Like I'll reach out to therapists, to teachers, to healers or to, um, different kinds of like healing facilitators and be like, listen, I'm working with this person and um, I feel like they need this. Would you be able to come in or could you help me? You know? Um, So yeah, I feel like learning has become much more like a, 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 it's not even a conversation. It's actually just engaging and sharing and like seeing what comes up rather than this constant, like let's read 20,000 books. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to 15,000, you know, different teachers and it's great. But yeah. Yeah. So the term energy has many different meanings mm-hmm. um, in different contexts. What does it mean to you and how can we understand it? Mm. Well, I feel like, yeah, it's definitely like, what is it, like an it word? Yeah. <laughs> had to bring it up, had to address like, it. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, it's the, it's the word of the, the, the decade, you know, like yeah. the energy in the room. I felt the yeah. energy, the energy of that person. Like, so listen, like to me, um, obviously, listen, that's also evolved the understanding of what is energy. For me, energy is life force. It is um, the life force I feel in between my palms. 
um anyone can feel it if we close our eyes and just rub our palms together and just kind of sense that the energy between our palms like if it's sort of almost like breath is energy um if we look at it in a more yogic sense if we say that energy is represented as shakti the dynamic force in the universe that's creating constantly then that's energy um but also what i've understood is that energy works in um in tandem with consciousness so um for energy to really uh say manifest in a not even a, i don't want to use the word balance but i'll give you an example for this as well yeah. for it needs to be held in a certain way so for example let's look at relationships right like man and woman relation or woman whatever relationship let's not get into gender <laughs> but say a romantic relationship um we keep shifting and we should so we have this conditioning and belief system that the man tends to be the one that holds the spot while the woman kind of creates and you know goes out there and looks after and whatever but if we come down to more subtle understanding of that that role needs to keep be, keep changing so for example if um, the woman needs if the man needs to create or the other person in the relationship needs to create then and is in that place of energy manifestation then the other partner has to hold space for them and mm-hmm. hold that what we call that sense of shiva that sense of stillness you know um if both are energy and losing it all the time and both are very still then there's nothing being like constantly created and held so i feel in in that sense like um it's it works in sort of synchronicity with consciousness as well so energy is everything it's it's our life force it's it's and we can put energy into anything as well mm. you know i mean then we can get into the dimensions the different dimensions of energy and how energy works but just simply understanding that it's a it's a it's a dynamic force in the universe that manifests itself in the most beautiful way if we have something that can hold it that gives it a sense of um i don't want to say like a boundary because it feels because energy is limitless but it gives it the opportunity to um express itself mm. you know in you know in a really full way like you know we'll say things like you know i walked into that room and the energy was just not good you know yeah yeah and, yeah, and th- that could also be because maybe the people in that room um and this could be people who've been there already because you can sense mm. energy lingers on that their um sense of centeredness was so off Mm. that the energy was not contained by anything it was not being able to let's not say contained it was not being able to root itself into anything mm. because only when the energy roots itself can it really manifest otherwise it just becomes like really abstract and you know um all over the place i don't know if i'm making sense yeah so But, that means like if you go to say a restaurant and you just don't feel it what what is that feeling though like yes i understand it could have been the energy of the place or the people in the space but like what are you feeling sure i mean first of all we sense and receive messages from all our five senses um some of us are more powerful in certain senses right like some of us have a sense of like um sound more heightened some have the sense of the sight more heightened and of course we have this amazing sense that we've just discarded which is our sixth sense and mm. uh, when we talk about things like i walked into that space and i didn't feel it um that feeling is coming from the sixth sense it's coming from a deeper knowing that sometimes is beyond uh, our se- so it's, it could it might not be the way the place smells or the way the place looks or um the even the way the place feels you know but it could just be like a sixth sense just intuitionally telling us mm. and giving us that inner message of that something is not aligned over here also we ourselves again right like i said energy and consciousness work together so your energy might be in this whole it's like this right like um how do i even explain it like i live in goa and uh, things have really changed here you know um certain places that i used to love going for breakfast to i can't go anymore because it's just chaotic You yeah know, and you know i don't want to keep saying it sounds very condescending <laughs> when i use the word energy energy all the time but i walk in there and i'm like no no it's off like it's not mm. it's noisy and i it's it is people like on their phone all the time there's some 50000 instagrammers that are take photographs of yeah. these places and i and i don't want to be in that environment you know because i'm not i'm not aligned to that anymore 
Correct. They might be, and that's fantastic for them. Yeah. So I take myself to a place where I'm more aligned with that energy mm-hmm. because I know that the, the space can hold my energy there. Mm-hmm. It's like this, and it's. I feel like that feeling for me when I go to a space is my intuition, is my sixth sense, just kind of telling me. And you listen. This can happen, and you know how this. Is. I'm sure it's happened to you, where you even before you go only, you're like, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> this place is not for me. <laughs> A lot like, of times, I just I know I'm not aligned with this. Like, yeah, yeah like weddings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no, no. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, Nivi. Like, yeah. we know, yeah. Before you go only, you're like, oh God, no, no, yeah. I, that or that. It's not being judgmental. Yeah, it's, it's just that just you don't that, feel. Yeah. I'm not aligned, you know, to that energy, and that's it. Yeah. And it happens with people we love as well, like our mm. friends. Sometimes, or we're just like, I, I can't handle that person right now. You know, like that. Is that okay? Absolutely okay. It's like this, right? Like, see, I feel like judging someone is kind of berating them and uh, putting yourself higher on a pedestal and saying that, oh my god, I'm too good for this, is mm-hmm. a very different thing. then saying that i'm just not there like i don't connect with these people this way so it's, i feel intention is yeah. what differs that you know yeah yeah, yeah but i sure, feel you know course. some it's like why, why would you walk in sure go on i feel like sometimes though people have i i would think that in the recent past like you know people are getting more sensitive though to things is it sensitivity or is it the fact that they are more aware of of that alignment uh with certain people or with certain places i mean i i don't know like for sensitivity can also mean you know we say oh my god don't be over sensitive you know or oh my god don't be over dramatic or so you know if you look at it even in a yoga sense of yoga so for example um say you go away for a month you know and you cut yourself off and you're doing like all these yogic practices and you know you're eating like sattvic food and you know you're you're practicing you know and you're meditating all day long and all of that and then you're suddenly back into your everyday life and um you're bound to come back more sensitive mm. you're bound to come back more you know because your senses have not been um influenced by like a tv a phone noise external noise just unnecessary conversation so it depends what sensitivity you're referring to like mm. there's also a part of sensitivity that doesn't come from a conscious space a mindful space but a sensitivity that's like everything is too much mm. you know or people are just over sensitive mm. all the time i mean i mean your husband's a stand up comic i mean you know it's like people are getting offended about everything all the time because we have just made everything so personal yeah you know, it's like Yeah every story is personal like it's not personal it's okay yeah. you know we can laugh at ourselves we can now that's i feel like sensitivity is like a depends where you're coming from when it comes Correct. to the sensitivity yeah out um, of it yeah are people getting more sensitive and more aware i don't know <laughs> i really i i don't know like but yes people are becoming more um, open let's use i'd rather use that word yeah um to trying out different things so for example realizing that life is not just about chasing um a paycheck you know mm-hmm. or that um or maybe life is also not just about getting married and having children also yeah. there's a lot of other aspects to life so i feel like people are opening up and that's for me that's more uh, i see more of that for sure for yeah sure. yeah and another thing that you know we've been t- hearing a lot of and just generally a lot of people are talking about is the moon <laughs> and the <laughs> the moon has on all of us um and each of us definitely has like a unique relationship with it and ha- feels different things uh what do you make or understand its effects to be and how can we channel mm. it for ourselves wow so you know it's uh, i mean before i get into like the channeling and the effects of the moon i mean it's it's really it's like me and a friend of mine who's a tarot reader um we were having a bit of a laugh the other day because we were like man like the moon has been rising and setting in full and new for like time eternity you know <laughs> like planets have been shifting and mercury has been going into retrograde for like 
millions of years you know today it's like the thing like it's it like is. mercury retrograde and then everyone's <laughs> talking about it you know and this new moon and they're like what i mean just have a bit of a laugh like you know strawberry moon and it's blue moon and harvest moon so this really cracks me up sometimes because um this is actually someone who told me like me myself i have to be like oh, wow it's this moon and it's they're like listen this comes from uh, the native indian you know how they follow their crops so i don't know what harvest moon you're on about but like it's a moon you know yeah. so it's just it's really funny for me to like sort of see that and but it's also really nice because um people are realizing that elements affect us you know that nature is where we come from and what is the moon it controls the element of water yeah you know, it is uh, and we are made up of water so we are going to be affected by that that water energy will be um, stirred up in some way Mm-hmm. why is it a really potent time to meditate why is it a really potent time because our channels are really open what is the element of water it's a cleansing element it's the element that we were born in you know we lived in it I mean, for 9 months so it's life giving and life taking you know um so the moon kind of triggers that in us the element mm-hmm. of water and um if we look at like our more like older ancient uh, rituals of moon worship and things like that it comes from so different cultures have different uh, ways of worshiping the moon and connecting with moon of course in the culture we've grown up in it's part of every festival mm. right so either a festival falls on a new moon falls on a full moon and you have your half moon festivals too yeah. there's a there's a reasoning for that too ah we are lunar we are lunatic people we are our calendar is lunar you know so it's based around the cycles of the moon um and that cycle of the moon is also how as women our hormonal systems work mm. so i'm not saying that every woman is cycle should be connected to the moon in this way because i feel a lot of women get really like like stressed and they're like but my moon cycle is not coming on new moon no no it doesn't work like that yeah. you know They, there is a school of thought that says hey it's really good for your moon cycle to be on a new moon and it's really good to be on a full moon but we don't live that kind of lifestyle okay mm-hmm. so i don't i personally don't see, i feel like it stresses people yeah. out when i say things like that what i'll tell you is interesting and um, this is something that the mayan women would do which is that they would understand that the cycle of the moon is connected to the way we women evolved through our cycle so the uh the part of the cycle that's right in the beginning when we have bled and we're about to you know the period is just done and uh, the hormones are because at this point the hormones have released and the new ones are kind of it's almost a seed is planted again right and it's just yeah. starting to so they call it the that phase the phase of the maiden mm. so you know when you know how you feel when your period is just got done you're like oh, let's go yeah. out there you know like i can wear that dress again and i can wear yeah. white again and you know it's like that it, If it is a time where you were very energetic actually mm. generally of course now we have a lot of other things going on with our systems and i'm not saying that's all of us but in a, on a more general yeah. right after that period happens that day finishes the last day is done we're like great you know yeah. and then we go into that half cycle which is also how the moon is it's new moon you know the moon is new it's just starting to fill up and then you get to this half cycle point where they say that's the time of the mother the time of the nurturer when we tend to start to um almost prepare for this um egg to be you know uh, the hormones are building again mm. you know it's, we start to feel that so it says it's the time to be the nurturing with the cells it's a time when the moon itself is waxing into its fullness mm. you know and then the full moon becomes the time of the crone the, the grandmother uh the time of going inward because it's when the moon is completely full our water energies are really high um it's time to go they say it's a great time to go inwards and listen to intuition mm. um so these are kind of rituals that have been shared over you know so many so many hundreds of years even in our culture fasting during yeah. uh, full and new moons right um because of you know this excessive amount of water in the system they say it's a great time to fast In mm. fact uh, people will fast on the 11th day of the new moon like after the new moon the 11th day ekadashi and you know so it gets like very very ritualistic and almost very technical <laughs> to how you do it some people are very into fasting like it's like a very big part of their life yeah so they will follow it quite uh, um like properly like when those days are 
but for me on a very basic level uh, the new moon and full moon just reminds me of my natural rhythms and how i am so deeply connected to nature and how as a woman especially the moon is almost like this guiding um, force for me mm. so my take is that on new moons if i am if my bleeding cycle is more connected to a new moon then i know it's time to create new things mm. you know uh, a new moon is, is a more um, let's call it a more masculine uh, energy it's more an energy that brings more stillness and it's more grounded in that way and it's time to plant new seeds and for me a full moon and not only if my moon cycle is connected to a full moon but if it is also then i know it's a time of deep release mm. it's a time when the moon is full it needs to release now so when it's a full moon even with my meditations i connect people more to the things that they need to let go of things that need to release from your life and new moons are more about setting those new intentions um and it's it's interesting to see the cycle change right so you watch from new moon to half moon half moon to full moon um and you see like oh i planted this intention where am i at at this full moon um so that on a very basic level is something that i think everyone can relate to and do yeah you know, like simple process of just journaling as well like setting new moon intention setting full moon intention um it's it's for me full moons are i tend to see them as more volatile times and also if you were to go check on like a hospital record mm-hmm. and see when most of the accidents happen they will happen more more around this full moon time oh my god because that's it is interesting it's really interesting there are actually many things written about it and it's because our water energies are really high and it's if you go to the ocean on a full moon you can see the way the waves are reacting to the energy of the moon um i've also noticed with the own my own work that i've done with people that full moons tend to be more emotional times for people um they tend to be more deeply connected to their emotions and things come up during full moon um yeah i mean there's so many of our spiritual like lineages that um are around the moon you know yeah. around the the energy of the new moon and full moon yeah yeah I mean, so, there's there's lots there's lots yeah yeah <laughs> um so with meditation in general i've been kind of relatively religious about you know spending some dedicated time in the past few years um just because it's kind of given me something i don't know what that thing is but just given yeah. me something there are some times when i sit down towards the end of like say 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever i feel like that emptiness or that void that people everybody talks about but it's really difficult to explain with words what it's doing for you meditation is there something specific that you should be feeling with meditation i find it difficult to kind of you know communicate with other people like if you're talking about it with other people sure um so it's really uh, so the other day i i teach someone who um he someone who um, you know battles with uh, anxiety and a certain level of depression and for him um when he sits a lot with his thoughts he gets triggered deeply you know it it's something that like it, it it's he just doesn't enjoy it and um he he just feels like he's getting triggered in his thoughts because his he's constantly trying to chase this no mind space mm. or no thought sorry no thought space and i'm always redirecting that for him you know and i'm like no 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 that's not what we're doing here at all yeah you know it's not about even buddha had thoughts in his head till his last breath um it's the nature of existence and of um Yes, you can go into deeper states of meditation where you go into the no thought. But as you're doing your everyday rituals, the thoughts come back. They're not going to go away forever. It's till I till I guess you leave your body. You know. Um, another thing about meditation, I feel like it's one of those things that really is people need to kind of almost re-understand why we're doing this meditation, right? Like, why are we even sit, trying to sit quiet? Why are we trying to? Um, i don't know bring ourselves in this like as you said like what's it doing for me actually um 
it's doing all sorts of things and what is also doing for you is nothing mm-hmm. so that nothingness is could be an outcome of some meditations that you do on because you know you meditate so on some days it's like yeah. bang you're in you know you just clear yeah. your bell like and that's what your that's what your whole being is attracting there are some days that i meditate that i'm highly triggered yeah you know and that's something as well that i share with my students especially with this particular person i was sharing about and he's like i'm triggered i'm like it's supposed to trigger you mm-hmm. that's how we we kind of look into things that we need to address you know that it gives us this opportunity to get triggered mm-hmm. and understand that there is a repetitiveness of a habit or a pattern where we keep we keep um sort of i guess repeating again and again you know um so i feel like meditation is actually like an it should be offered as like an open portal of whatever comes up i accept you know i i feel what meditation does for us is gives us the ability to sit through happiness and pain mm. and to sit through discomfort and joy it gives us the the tool almost to uh, be able to be more equanimous through life you know um it's not about achieving a no mind state it's not about um raising my kundalini these are all effects of meditation and fantastic like yeah. opening my chakras beautiful yes all of that's there moving but eventually it's about sustaining a state where life can happen to me and life will continue happening to me but i can somehow always come back to my centeredness i can yeah. always look at things from that place of is this a lesson what am i to why is this happening is this happening because it's me trying to tell me something and so for me it's about reaching that place of like okay i can i can sit with pain i can mm-hmm. sit with discomfort you know um and i can um also be okay if if this meditation isn't the so called most clear and connected and i feel some of my most uh, triggered meditations are the most transformative Mm. because i receive so much when i get triggered you know um, yeah. then i'm like okay this is coming up you know old wounds past traumas anger um mm. could be anything and of course it's fantastic when it all just drops into that beautiful centered space and sure i love that too but i more and more tend to stay away from saying that today i want to be like this when i meditate mm. mm. you know it's it's more like it's more that for me yeah yeah and i think that it's such a great tool because now it's become this thing for me where like i have such say a long day or it's like really been a stressful yeah. day and then you just kind of come back to this i think it's almost as if like you know sometimes you forget to even breathe so you're just like yeah short breaths and you're like you know not yeah. really not really feeling you're not there so i think this yeah. kind of brings you back to that which is such a great tool to have the most simple right like you said it like just bringing awareness to your breath for like even a few seconds a day yeah. is just doing so much for you on so many levels like it's it could just be like like you said it could just be like following your breath for like 2 minutes yeah. you know and that itself is um there's this practice that i do and sometimes i do it for longer and sometimes it's 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 by uh someone that i you know really look up to and his name's muji is a spiritual master and um master guide and he says that like when you wake up in the morning um you uh just put your hand on your heart and you just remind yourself um before you know you, you know you need to wake up in the morning we're like okay oh, you have to do this and i have to do this and i have to do that and that happens and you know the head yeah. you wake up you wake up to life right um and he's like just putting your hand on your heart and just reminding yourself even if it's for a few seconds that yes i am all of this but beyond all of this i'm something else mm. like just just that remembering every morning i feel is meditation enough for someone you know like just that remembrance that beyond this whole dynamic like stuff that i need to do in life that yeah. i am so much more than this actually like something there's something that's watching all of this it's yeah even more than my breath you know so yeah. um for me it's like you said just connecting back with yourself every yeah. day that's even that um a little bit of that still charge my life yeah hmm. yeah and you know sometimes when you see um 
someone going through a hard time uh, and almost knowing that living a more meaningful and just being more conscious in your life is something that can have some positive change for them and things like that it's really difficult to communicate at that point to those people because they are not necessarily uh, ready to receive or are even willing to sure. listen have you experienced that and if you have what can you do to kind of help them because if if these are your family and friends it's so difficult to just watch them go through hard times you know i mean on one level nivi i feel like just listen like just listen you know um because i feel like the minute we move into this phase when we're trying to be there for someone so we become the fixer yeah you know let me try and fix you it's it's not like you said like some people might be open to receive you know yeah but some, but mostly when people are in that space they're not ready to receive and they just want someone to listen to them and that it's it's very like as therapists we're actually trained to not be the fixer mm. you know um of course when it's family and friends it's a little different because it becomes a personal thing so i always feel that maybe it's better to have them reach out to someone outside the circle mm-hmm. and um kind of get that um more uh non judgmental like holding of space for them yeah because uh, it's very it's only natural listen i can i've been therapist for 10 years but when it comes to my relationship with like say my sister who sometimes can be very volatile <laughs> all the yoga stuff goes just out the window <laughs> and we're back to being 5 years old yeah. and saying you know i were back to that story of you were mom's favorite and i wasn't and that's why i was it you know what i mean yeah so yeah it's 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 like sometimes we need to just kind of step back and be like i just want to i just need to listen yeah like, all i need to do is listen and and maybe then reach out and tell that person if they again a lot of times people are not open to therapy they're not open to talking to anyone um to just be like listen like i know this is happening leave it with them and then see what unfolds because mm-hmm. if they truly like i feel like people who and then i understand you know when you see someone going through something you really want them to change you want them to fix this I think we've all experienced this with our loved ones with close friends that yeah. they will do it in their time. Correct. Yeah. We'll want them this is this is the <laughs> thing right it's like it's like my parents saying that we are we, we unconditionally love our kids. No. Yeah. You can unconditionally love your kids. You love yeah. your kids with a lot of conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> my kids should be like this is I mean of course there's unconditional love when yeah. maybe they're fast asleep or something. <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. it's like you if you it's it's hard yeah with loved ones to love unconditionally actually i i feel like i find it much easier to love like my students unconditionally <laughs> because it's not a personal story there yeah. but yeah yeah that's so true so my last question to you is just about where people can begin uh, there are so many mindfulness practices out there um and many different schools of thought um and it can definitely feel overwhelming and almost paralyzing when you when there's so much that you need to do quote unquote and also kind of can do uh so where does one begin and what is a good place to what what do you think is a good place to start mm it's, it's kind of a tough question to answer because everyone has such different things that attract them like mm. um so for example like if we're saying that someone just wants to become more mindful mm-hmm. i i mean one thing that i always tell everyone is that if you can spend a little more time in nature mm-hmm. um that's a great way to open the doors to more mindfulness um yeah also like there's so much out there as well right we have apps for meditation we have like youtube now we have um access to teachers all over the world so maybe actually speaking with someone who is on the path mm-hmm. you know and we all all have somebody in our lives who is connected in some way like who's doing something and even if we don't have anybody we can kind of almost start putting it out there that i want to start you know and it's always nice to get a little bit of guidance 
Mm. Um, so, so, so say for example, you know, someone comes to me and they're like, forget about them wanting to work with me. That like leave that aside, and they're like, you know, I, I, I want to start meditating or I want to start getting more mindful. Then I can guide them to to like saying, hey, why don't you check out this podcast or hey, why don't you check out this meditation or now unfortunately we're not going to classes live classes but if there were yeah. I'd be like hey, you know um but i really believe that like if you really want to get more mindful just step out of nature start doing more things that are um yeah you know like more stuff in nature i love that more mindful i love that because you don't really know what it can do for you until you're like out there yeah. noticing what it can do for you like if you just stand on the beach with like waves coming at you exactly. oh my god that feeling is something else it's and simple it it's free i mean yeah go up on your terrace and do it i know, know? Even, i, I yeah. like <laughs> go for a walk i mean every neighborhood has one small little even yeah. if it's a very sad park but it's there yeah it's park, yeah know? there is making that effort i feel like like what even what you do at ikivi like becoming conscious of what you wear and uh, that that consciousness and how you're consuming as a consumer in this world like yeah it's it's only being close to nature will you start to understand and like start getting reconnected with how we're actually communicating with this incredible world around us mm-hmm. and how either we're over consuming or we're just so far away from understanding yeah you know um what what actually our choices are doing to not just our planet but the people who are coming after us and um yeah i feel like nature just get out in nature and i know travel is opened up again so even then you know i feel like you know nevi i was telling people through lockdown put down put on nature sounds yeah They're like oh, but we're in an apartment i'm like sure i understand put on nature sounds like yeah. what, make the most of it you know um yeah it's my it's like my go to for everything like i'm just like go spend like go out go out get out you know get out so out. nice love yeah. that and i love that we're ending on that note thank you so much natasha for You're joining welcome. us and sharing such amazing insights i hope we can do a lot more of these uh, and get into more details because we've just kind of touched the surface here and there thank but you. there's so much more conversation to be had If you enjoyed this conversation, don't forget to subscribe to the EKV podcast, a space for discussion on living meaningful and fuller lives each day. The EKV podcast is a property edited and produced by the team at EKV.